Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Frank Schuer, CEO of Zynapse. He leads a forward-thinking team that creates smart building checking tools within design software to simplify and optimize the building design process. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you very much, Doug. Good to, have, good to be in the show. Yeah. So how did you get into the AEC industry? Oh, that goes back uh, for quite a while. Um, that was around uh, 27, 20, uh, sorry, 20, uh, 27 or 28. Um, I was doing an interim assignment for a small software company in the AEC industry in the Netherlands. And that was my uh, my first touch point with the AEC industry. Nice. Uh, so... In your opinion, what do you think is really the, the power of a digital workflow in AEC? Um, yeah, I think uh, a proper implemented uh, digital workflow uh, does the same job as an, um, uh, as an employee, but it can be faster and uh, yeah, it can be also without human errors, which leads uh, also to a lower operational cost. Um, yeah, the digital workflow solutions are very helpful for everybody in the organization, from management to uh, to work planners. So, uh, by defining a workflow, uh, mainly digitally, of course, uh, business users can always look up uh, crucial data instantly. They can keep track on all kinds of processes and tasks. Uh, they can yeah, streamline uh, them for optimal productivity, and even uh, automate them if you, if if necessary. But it also allows um, you to measure and report outcomes. So you can learn uh, where your processes uh, excel and where they could still need to be improved. And uh, that, yeah, that's, that's more or less my, uh, my opinion about uh, the, the whole digital workflow in, in, in general. Yeah. Any kind of common myths about a digital workflow that you think need to be debunked and just add some some clarification to you yeah you know it, it can also work against you um mainly if you are not implementing or using it in in in, a, in the right way or you do it just half and, and then it could be yeah more difficult and yeah it, it will be not very very useful for you so then again it, it will work against you and that's the, that's for sure not what you want because you want to make some money you want to uh, work as quick as possible um, so I think digitalization is uh, is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm hearing the intentionality counts and be, you know, really intentional and thoughtful on the the front side of it, and be committed to the process if you're going to roll it out. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I fully uh, support his opinion. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of education do you think is is really needed? not only to, to start a BIM workflow, but then to excel in it? Um, yeah, I, I don't think personally that the specific education uh, will help you to start with rolling out of a BIM workflow. Uh, of course, you need to have a background. Of course, you need knowledge. Of course, you need an understanding of how workflows uh, flow. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are enough topics you could look into uh, and besides this, the key success is that you are determined to change your workflow and accept this new way of working. I think that's one of the most important uh, key, success, key success factors 
of, of making the next step in your in your transformation uh, from from workflows. And there was no way back. So make a plan as a start, and uh, and then analyze your current workflow and try to find out what's good and what can be improved, what can be more digitalized than you than you do right now. But also start a discussion with your with your supply chain partners, uh, your collaboration partners, and and, and be transparent. Uh, and accept that you need to be transparent in the near future because transparency is one of the key success factors in in in, in projects in the AEC uh, also in general. But if you would look to like look into more theoretical uh, studies or more uh, theoretical backgrounds before you start digitalization, look into, for example, ISO 19650. Uh, how to build up a common data environment, which could be very helpful when you uh, when you start doing uh, when you start rolling out your digitalization, uh, right? Mm -hmm. And this can help you to define uh, yeah more structure. It can help you how to uh, how to uh, flow your data from from beginning to the end and uh, and and walk backwards, pull back forwards and backwards because it's a, it's a continuous process. It keeps it keeps on repeating. So you mm -hmm. need, you need to be ready for that. Maybe it's, it's hiring experts to train your staff and invest in toolings. And I think that's uh, also one of the one of the success factors you have to work on. For sure, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think the the training and, and getting consulting uh, on your the best practices out there is is yeah. huge with anything because you don't know what you don't know. So if you're just trying to to go in there on your own, you're you're very limited in the the scope that you can do, but if you kind of crowdsource that, you you're able to to move a lot faster and get more information quicker. Yeah, and from that outsourcing, you can learn again. So uh, you always learn from 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 uh, from a fresh look from new people on board in the team, and you don't have to hire them full time and and for always. But you know there are enough experts in the industry who can help you for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Uh, like I said, train your staff, but also. Uh, take a fresh look on your on your uh, on your current internal internal workflow, uh, and, and learn from your uh, from your partners in the industry. Uh, if you work for a uh, sub for for a contractor, learn how your contractor does the job. You know the big ones; they they have a lot of digitalization processes already in place. Uh, they've done this probably before, and sometimes many times. Um, so learn learn from them, and 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 if you can tie into their systems, you know that makes a collaboration with. The, the subs and, and the, the the architects or the engineers or in some cases manufacturers your life way much easier mm -hmm. yeah it brings up an interesting point of don't be afraid to ask for help <laughs> and to reach yeah, out yeah. and just open have conversations yeah yeah the bridging the gap podcast is brought to you by applied software with solutions for the modern project applied software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Uh, so how do you go about enhancing data validation and and what does that really mean 
Um, yeah, the, 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 the validation process is, of course, uh, a, a broad definition. And uh, validation could be against local rules and regulation, but it could also be based on the building requirements. It could be based on the requirements from the building owner, uh, which are evolving on the fly. So there are a lot of things you have to check constantly and you have to validate uh, yeah, based on, on the topics I, I, I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So um, what the, 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 the basic is there is, is you need to know what to validate. So create a rule, create a check, create a template uh, for that and, and use that template constantly uh, when the data flows in and data flows out again. If you are a general contractor, you get dozens of, of files from your subs, from your suppliers, from everybody you work together. Sometimes 80, 100 billion models is, is pretty standard, it's pretty normal uh, within, within the workflow. And um, to avoid uh, being stressed out, to avoid getting getting nuts of all that data, you need to standardize that process. And uh, if you don't do that, you know, uh, then this, this, that's the recipe for, for failures. And uh, that's what's something you would like to avoid. And if you standardize, let, standardize that process, uh, you're already a step ahead on, on your competitors or you're a step ahead on, on everybody in that workflow. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned regulations there uh drilling down a little bit more what's kind of the the real challenge and and strain to the bottom line in trying to deal with all the the varying complexities of regulations and requirements that surround pre-construction um yeah what what you see today and a lot of software vendors are using these uh phrases or, or the word is uh democratizing your BIM data. Uh, uh. That's, again, a word you hear a lot, or that's because using it, and a lot of other things are using it as well. Sure. Um, standardization is one of the key points uh, also in this industry. Everybody is working with their own standards. Everybody has their own work w- way of working. Uh, they have their own workflows. Um, so once you we, we set this out in, in the industry, once we have made a, a, a clear decision about how to work together, uh, it, life will be so much easier and so much more fun and this industry will be way much more fun to work in because mm-hmm. uh, that, that will help everybody in the industry. Yeah, I think one of the ways to really go about that is, you know, bringing in collaboration. What's What can be done to kind of enhance the collaboration between designers and contractors so they're collectively more kind of fully utilizing their resources that they have? Yeah, it's a very relevant question. And uh, within the team, uh, we talk about this a lot. And recently, I I read a study about it. And uh, there was was done scientific research by some students. Um, And uh, yeah, more the outcome was the results show that the best uh, means to promote the collaboration um, within uh, people within that workflow. And I mean, then the subs, the designers, and everybody else who was involved. Uh, which reduce the collaboration cost immediately. So being more open could immediately bring, uh, re- mean a reduction of the collaboration cost. Uh, but also followed by uh, increasing the collaboration benefits. And um, uh, the more you talk about the benefits, the more uh, people will adapt it. And that finally decrease uh, the loss uh, yeah, caused by a lack of collaboration. And Collaboration is a vital part of the building and infrastructure design and construction process. 
email just email just doesn't uh, cut it as a collaboration uh, tool anymore. So we, we need to think uh, a step forward, and then we do now. Mm. And explaining <laughs> ideas to multi collaborators results in, in in long threads that are hard to keep track of, and that's not what you want. You want uh, uh, unanswered questions and unhelpful uh, feedback get buried in the process. So we 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 have to um, uh, we have to improve there. What are some of those top benefits that you think you know from a designer should bring up to a contractor and vice versa? Well, um, from the beginning, uh, come to a standard and uh, standardize the, the the way you work together. And uh-huh. there are toolings, uh, for example, which is a very simple example, like BIM 360, like Aconex, uh, like Procore, uh, y- you name them. Um, so one common data environment where you exchange your data, that's already a big step. And if everybody share the data on one and on, on one and the same place, you have always a single source of truth, which is which is quite important. Mm-hmm. And then uh, make agreements about uh, very simple example again about delivery dates, uh, about updates, uh, when and how and what, who checks what. But also uh, suppliers, you, you know, how in what file format would you like uh, your your information? And this looks like no brainers, you know. This is, of course, uh, this is this is this is uh, just basics. But still, and I am from the Netherlands, and you see here we are a very advanced game market. And still here, people say, "Hey, here's my IFC file, and good luck with it." And then the general guy says, "Yes, but I only use reference files. Uh, how can I interpret your data in, in in the right way?" Yeah, but that's your problem. And uh, if you don't start the discussion uh, before you start a project or before you start uh, designing or whatever, um, yeah, that will be again uh, the, the ingredient for failures. And, and that's. Uh, these, these simple steps you can afford by, by, by being open and, and just communicate about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so how does Zenapps play in with, with other digital workflows and, and platforms like you mentioned, BIM360? Yeah, with Zenapps, we recently launched a new product, uh, which is called Verified, uh, Verified 3D. Um, and we call the more or less the spell checker of your BIM model. And uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Grammarly, for example, and uh, I can compare it with Grammarly of, of, of your BIM file, for example. Uh-huh. It doesn't make you a good writer. It doesn't make you a good, uh, uh, yeah. it doesn't make you good in grammar, but it helps you to standardize over and be consistent in the way you write your, your, your emails or your, uh, your letters. Sure. And it helps you always be, uh, be on track and, and, and uh, yeah, avoid me making, making mistakes in words and in writing. And that's exactly what we are doing with Verified 3D, for example. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP, MEP construction software for Revit. Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit evolvemep.com and let them know we sent you. Uh, Is there a big trend in the industry in the, in the space that 
you don't see a lot of people talking about, but is uh, has some movement behind it. Yeah, of course, and uh, there were always uh, topics you would like to keep for yourself because that's your that's your secret sauce, uh-huh. and uh, that's your competitive advantage uh, against competitors, for example. So you are not a fan of sharing that uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, in my in my opinion, uh, don't be afraid. Uh, share. Give it, uh, share it with your with your peers. Share it with your on events. Share it with uh, with the parties you work in the project, because at the end it creates standards. And the less standards, the better it is for the industry. And, uh, and that's that's what I uh, would like to correct uh, uh, and preach uh, more or less. Yeah, I, I think you know, not feeling threatened that that somebody knows information that you got because. They're going to interpret that differently. They're going to roll it out differently. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily that they're going to steal everything uh, that you're doing because they're going to be doing it in a different way that adapts to their workflows and everything. So it's, I think sharing that information isn't necessarily a bad thing. And at the end, we still build buildings the same way as we did 50 or 75 years ago. Uh, we have some more technology. We have some more uh, items which are used in, in the building itself. Uh, more electronics, more data points, IoT, whatever it is. But at the end, uh, you have a design, you have a construction site, and you have uh, someone who wants to rent or buy the building and start using it. So yeah. uh, that's that's not not different than we than how we did it uh, 50 years ago. Um, so I, I don't think uh, it's, it's it's not that complex. Uh, but yeah, we, we make it complex. We make it complex by creating all kinds of rules, but creating all kinds of uh, ways of working and how to uh, how to build a building. And I like to make things simple. And I like to to flatten out and to make sure that that you know the simple the simpler it is, the easier it will be for everybody. So why do you think people make it more complicated than what it should be? That's a very good question. I don't have an answer on. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> uh, well, let's take it from the other perspective of that. You said you like to keep it simple. What's uh, what are a couple, you know, uh, steps or, or things to keep in mind when trying to keep it simple? Oh, yeah. a very simple discussion, and that's that's um, where we talk about on a daily basis. Not only in, in in the software we are developing, but also uh, with our customers. The difference between IFC and Revit, for example, uh, IFC file, file formats are, are used in the Netherlands or in Europe uh, as a whole, are very popular. Open source, open files, open uh, uh, open IFCs, open BIM. Uh, it's a great idea, but within these open BIMs and these open IFCs, you have a lot of uh, different islands created by the different uh, uh, the different parties yeah so uh, I don't predict Revit as a standard but you know at least it is a standard and if we walk that work that way everybody knows what to do and everybody knows how to how to deliver that interesting uh, so let's do kind of a, a rapid fire word association round uh, <laughs> say the the first you know two to three words that, that come into your mind <laughs> with these following words uh-huh. First one is digital workflow. Necessary evil. <laughs> BIM. Uh, here to stay. Data. Use it in the most uh, optimal way. Digital transformation. 
definitely go there. It helps you. Integration? Um, one of our uh, key phrases. Innovation. Uh, go for it uh, as well. It's, you, you need it. Uh, if you don't innovate, you stand still. And then that's that's the recipe again for uh, for, for, uh, for, uh, yeah, for, uh, for leaving this industry. It's <laughs> time for every industry. Yeah, amen. Uh, last one, AEC. One of the best industries I've ever worked in. Nice. Uh -huh. So how do people get a hold of you and, and find out more information about Zynaps? Yeah, go to zynaps.com and you will be redirected to our Verified 3D website. And if, you, uh, if you're more curious, try out Verified 3D. It's, uh, it's, it's free to use uh, for the first 30 days. And uh, reach out for a demo or uh, a knock on the door if you would like to have more information. I'm, uh, I'm more than happy uh, to get with my sales team or my partners to... Uh, to get back and to uh, to help customers to support their digital workflow. Nice. And if uh, people can know one thing about Zynapse, what would you want them to know? Um, what I really would like to know is that we are an innovative company from the Netherlands. Nice. Cool. Last question that I like to ask all my guests, what does innovation mean to you? Um, Innovation means a lot. It's 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 the it's the red line. How you call it in in in, in English? Uh, it's uh, part of all the jobs and all the work I did in the in the, in the past. Uh, I was always bridging the gap between uh, the technical and the commercial part of the of the business, and I, I really love doing that. So I, I really enjoy uh, bringing new technology to the market, and that's why I started this company as well. Uh, it's always a struggle in the beginning, but once you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, once you see customers are really happy with what you uh, what you created, uh, that's the most uh, that's the best moment uh, of of, yeah, of your work. Yeah, that's that's really what I uh, what I enjoy. Yeah, that's great. I love the the passion and the answer, and you get bonus points for for using the the podcast name in your innovation answer. So oh, I, I think you're true. the <laughs> I think you're the first guest to weave that in. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because it's behind me it uh or i'll just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> subconsciously yeah. plants in your mind well, i I'm, I'm using bridging the gap between uh innovation between the business and the, and the technical side is something i i use for for a very long time so it's uh it's, it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of my hard drive <laughs> nice i like it well frank thanks so much for taking the time and joining the show yeah, thank you very much for uh, being in the show, Todd, and looking forward to, uh, to the next show. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Now it's time for my top three takeaways from this week's episode. First off, I'm a big believer in the importance of being intentional and having a well-thought-out plan. This is especially important when you are rolling out a digital workflow. You got to go back to the old adage of plan your work and work your plan. Second point, the next level of intentionality is taking the time to have honest self-reflection on what is working and what isn't working in your process. Transparency is huge, not just with yourself, but with those on your team, your partners, and frankly, others in the industry. Only through honest transparency can you have better collaboration that everybody is talking about. This can even help to reduce the cost of projects. And finally, 
Do not overthink and therefore overcomplicate your processes. Keep it simple in order for people to actually implement. So I'll leave you with three words to remember. Intentionality, transparency, simplicity. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating.